Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. Um, I had to bring back my old school Green Tea Room song just because when I do call-in shows, I like to like have different theme songs for like my shows. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was like a classic throwback. That is one of my favorite theme songs. And um, no, we're not changing the Today I Got Time cuz, so don't ask. Um, we voted on that like two years ago that we're going to keep that for the live streams. But when we do the call-in shows, we do the green tea room song. So yes, honey, that was like seriously um, a throwback. But I hope you guys are doing good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Can anybody see and hear me? Let me make sure. Okay, good. Oh, y'all caught, oh, they were playing ads. Not them playing ads at, in the in the front of my stream. I don't like that. We come to, and you know what I'm saying, to get in the mood and listen to the music and all that stuff. Okay. So outside of the ads, y'all can see me, right? Okay, good. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing good today. I can't believe it is already Thursday. I can't believe we're in November. I feel like I just got home on Monday. I was going to do a live stream yesterday, but I was not feeling good because I went from like one weather extreme to the next. So, but I feel a lot better today. So I am here. We got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a call-in show, but the call-ins won't come in until the end. It looks like the phone lines are already jam-packed. So we'll do the first group of people. Y'all get five minutes, okay? Um, my mods, make sure. Five minutes and we got to get on to the next call. Um, please stay on topic. We're talking about the whole eight. The call-in show is going to be about uh, Keith Lee and the whole ATL experience, um, you know, black businesses in general. Um, so just please stay on topic. Again, come in peace or leave in pieces, okay? Respect me. I'm going to respect you. Um, we know there's a different audience when we make call-in shows on YouTube versus, you know, the green room. The green room's a bit more controlled, so we'll see how tonight goes. I'm sure Cameron will be in the in the chat you know, doing screen grabs and making memes of my expression because y'all be cracking me up when y'all call in. I be like trying to like be stone-faced, but y'all be cracking me up for real because the last show was off the chain. Um, the link is in the, is in the description. Uh, the mods should be posting it for the call-in link. Let me go ahead and post it again. I'm going to post it in the chat and the mods can copy it down and post it throughout the stream. So give me just a second to post it in the chat. So that is the StreamYard link that y'all can use to call in as soon as somebody gets off. But like I said, it's really busy, unfortunately. Uh, thanks, y'all. I, I appreciate it. Um, okay, so we got to talk about... So I got to talk about these other topics first before we get into the whole Keith Lee situation. So it is a lot going on right now. So let's talk about Diddy, Okay. Once again, oh my God, Daddy Diddy, Papa Diddy is trending on social media. So if you guys don't know, uh, Diddy took to social media the other day on Halloween 
to basically blast Warner Brothers Studio. Um, he's claiming that they're trying to control him. They don't want him to be great. They're saying that he's not allowed to wear a Joker costume. So a lot of people were like really, you know, like feeling bad for him and saying, oh, this is racism and they're picking on Diddy. Child. But you know, I'm going to get to the bottom of the situation. Anytime Diddy speaks, I feel like it's a bunch of nonsense in the background. So we're going to go ahead and watch what Diddy had to say. He claims that Warner Brothers banned him from wearing the Joker costume. Let me find that clip here. Give me just a second. Where are all my clips? Where did they go? Okay, so that's the one. Okay, so let me share my screen with y'all really quick here. Give me just a second. Okay, so this was the article that was up. Um, basically, Diddy dressed up as Batman for Halloween after claiming Warner Brothers banned him from being the Joker. So we're going to watch. Um, this was his breaking news on social media. So we're going to watch what Diddy has to say here. Breaking Halloween news, breaking Halloween news. Last year after... I did the Black Joker. I got a bunch of emails from the studio telling me to not be the Joker anymore, that I was breaching um, the trademark. And so I don't know what I'm going to be this year. But I will say to the motherfucker that took all this time, you talking about sending me this six full papers. I'm not even going to show the business on the papers. Tell me not to be the Joker. I want to tell you, you win. I'm not going to be the Joker this year. Just because your ass had enough time to fuck up my motherfucking Halloween. Now watch. Okay. Just let me come back on the screen, child. All right. So basically, he's upset. He's in his feelings. Um, give me just a second here. I, I, I hope y'all got y'all's tiny violins, okay? So he's up here and, and people are like, oh, that's racism. You know, how can they, you know, say that he can't be the Joker? You don't control what people are for Halloween. And when I saw this going viral, I just put out my tiny violin. I didn't give a shit. I'm like, he's full of crap. He's not telling the full story, okay? So a lot of y'all who were crying tattoo tears for him on social media, and y'all wanted to cancel Warner Brothers, and y'all was, you know, claiming it was racism. Let me remind y'all of what Diddy did last year. This is why Warner Brothers was upset. It wasn't just him walking around as the Joker, because again, we can all be whatever we want to be for Halloween. That is the point of Halloween. The problem is that th this is where he's not being honest. He was pitching his liquor line. He was pitching his tequila in the Joker costume. He made it he made it an entire advertisement. See, one thing about, you know, Lovely TTV, we keep receipts, we don't forget shit. If y'all remember, this was him last year on Halloween, you know, bragging about being a black-owned liquor company. This didn't age well. So let's go. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and share this with y'all. So this was last year.
here is what's going to be on tonight. Anything I get by me. Happy Halloween, motherfucker. I'm declaring war on all those other tequila bitches. They tried to block me. So tonight we will party and celebrate the world's new number one tequila. <laughs> like to be free. We like to be free. We dance, we sing. Everybody dance. Everybody dance. <laughs> you ready to start the party? <laughs> Delion Tequila. Owned by a black man. Oh, that did not age well. Talking about some damn De Leon tequila owned by a black man. Only a year later for us to find out he did not own it. He's basically a glorified influencer like myself. He was the face of Ciroc and all these liquor brands, but he did not really own stake in it. Hence why, you know, he tried to sue them and now they're suing him. And there's this whole back and forth in court. So, you know, all the black folks getting up in, you know, arms against Warner Brothers and saying this is racist. How dare they try and check Diddy? Diddy was not being honest. That is the reason why they, they, basically sent that letter because that was copyright infringement and Diddy should know better because again let me refresh y'all's memory for all you guys who were born you know in the early 2000s okay back when we were kids he made a song called I'll Be Missing You with Faith Evans it was an ode to Biggie Smalls he took the song from Sting's Police and just thought he could just use the beat and have, uh, have Faith sing on the beat and you know Sting would be cool with it well, he ended up getting sued, and Diddy gets no money from the song Missing You. I'll be missing you. He gets no money. All of that money goes to Sting because Diddy never got permission. So you would think that he would have learned his lesson because I think, like, Sting makes, like, $2 million a year or something. I don't know. From the song. He makes a lot of money from I'll be missing you. So you would have thought that he would have, you know what I'm saying, learned his lesson, but obviously not. You cannot use somebody else's creation or likeness and use it to promote your own brand. So he was not being honest. So tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. Quit lying and looking for sympathy, Diddy, okay? Um, another thing that's so funny about that whole situation with him lying about this is he was saying that, you know, it's a black-owned liquor company, and then we find out, you know, he does not own it, and it's not black-owned, you know, it, it's owned by a whole nother brand and like I said he's an influencer so this year he decided to be Batman um he decided to play it cute he had his daughter in the video and stuff like that but what I don't understand is just imagine this imagine if I took the bad boy logo y'all know that you know bad boy imagine if I just took the logo and was just using it like just you know this is my brand I'm gonna promote my t-line with his brand he would sue He'd be like, you can't promote your T-line using the bad boy logo. So I don't see how he can get offended because Warner Brothers is like, we own that character. We own the Joker and you cannot do what you did. That was straight up copyright infringement. We didn't give you permission to dress like the Joker to promote your tequila line. So Warner Brothers was all the way in the right in that one because Diddy wouldn't have not allowed that if somebody used the bad boy logo to further, you know what I'm saying, their business. So this is not a case of racism. This is a case of Diddy once again crying and trying to play victim, okay? So, yeah, I felt no ways. I When I saw his video, I pulled out my tiny violin. I'm like, okay, this dude must have forgot 
that we were here last year when you were promoting your liquor line dressed as the Joker, okay? So anything for attention, child. Anything for attention. <laughs> so now, on top of that, we got to talk about this entire situation that is going on with DJ Academics, okay? So if you guys don't know, DJ Academics is basically... Um, he did a review on the City Girls, on JT and Carisha. They were on, I think, The Breakfast Club. And as we all know, they didn't sell much for their album. I think they sold like 10,000 copies or something, probably less than that. And so DJ Academics was doing like some real critique. Like, you can just tell Carisha just wants to be an influencer. She wants to be one of Diddy's, you know, girlfriends. You can tell she's not into the music. Carisha's Young Miami. You can tell that JT is more or less the rapper. And so um, DJ Academics was critiquing them. And he was kind of, you know, he was going pretty hard. And um, Saucy Santana was not feeling it. He was not feeling it at all. So let me go ahead and pull up the video of AK talking about the situation here. So give me just a second. Let me share my screen real quick here. Okay. Y'all should be able to hear it. Let me know if y'all can't. And I think the City Girls are completely overwritten. And they did the most pathetic interview i just seen recently. And we, we need to hold some of these, some of these um, makeshift, makeshift um, chameleon, non-talented, lazy, non-passionate people accountable you see the city girls are the definition of people who have gotten to places in their career without ever really doing the work let me be very very clear about them the city girls are a byproduct of good writers good people that put image around them people that branded them the city girls there's nothing the city girls has actually ever really did for their fucking self and that's the problem because there's always a bunch of people who are work. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Academics, you keep talking about what the fuck Carisha said to you, what the fuck, how Carisha felt about you is how she felt about you. Me being her best friend, that don't have nothing to fucking do with me. In the hood and in a lot of urban cultures, when you see boys that are acting feminine, that are being messy, that are being extra and doing fag shit, that's what you address them as. Even as me being a gay man, I don't move like a fag. And it's a lot of other gay boys that's feminine or whatever, but everybody don't move like fags. You move like a fag, and that's why bitches is always calling you that. It don't have nothing to do with nobody else. You always on the internet starting shit with bitches. I wake up this morning, you starting shit with Glorilla, a girl. What the fuck is you bothering her for? What the fuck is you doing interviews? Keep talking about young Miami for you think nobody won't press you up. And that's the motherfucking problem. We was hoping to see you at the Roots picnic, but apparently it was the it was the wrong day. You nobody don't ever know where you at, but we all have public flyers and posters on our motherfucking page. So Tuesday, young Miami has a party in, in, in Miami. She having a Halloween party. Pull up on us. Pull up and come and, and come holler. And it's nothing but how to say to you. Academics, you keep talking about what the fuck. You a girl. You a man. You a nigga. And you on and you doing an interview talking about, oh, I was about to beat with Santana, but I had to, I had to ball, I had to bow down because I was gonna lose. So you mean to tell me you could publicly bully a bitch on the internet every motherfucking day, but you don't want to get in, you don't want to get into a spat or a combat or a physical altercation with a motherfucking gay boy. But you like to argue with bitches though. Stop playing with people. 
The bitches don't play on the internet. So Carisha got a party on Tuesday in Miami. And pull up. If you don't have to say nothing to her, come and address me. Come and address the niggas that's gonna be in the motherfucking room. Stop playing games on the internet and then you wondering why bitches calling you botty boys and bags of punks because you're drama filled and you only fuck with bitches. You only arguing with bitches all motherfucking day. I'm a nigga, I don't even do that. I'm a gay boy and I don't even fuck with bitches all day. Bitch, I really like to slap the shit out of, out of niggas, bitch, since I was a kid. That's what the fuck I do since high school. I fought boys, I never fought bitches a day in my motherfucking life. I don't even argue with bitches as much as you. And you're supposed to be the straight one. So stop doing all the cap. Pull up. We got posters. Pull up on Tuesday in Miami. And settle that. Mr. Batiman with the beard and the BBL. This is kind of low. Tampon out of your fucking asshole for a second. Okay? Understand you've been wearing thongs so much, you must be really caught up. Thinking you really talking crazy to me. First and foremost, let me address anything. I don't want anybody to think I, I move around in fear or I'm ever hiding. I'm not of y'all industry, folks. I made millions not chilling with y'all. I made millions not sucking y'all dick. And I shouldn't even use that pun because Mr. BBL with the beard, Saucy Santana, you sucked it. That's your thing. Let me tell you, you know what? I was going to come on here and flame you like any real Jamaican without flaming you. But you know what? I'm not going to do it. Boy, you got mental illness, nigga. When I wake up and I look in that mirror and I got an urge every morning to go Get some head from a bad bitch or go fuck a bitch. That's not you, nigga. You got a mental illness, my nigga. And I ain't saying being gay is a mental illness. But I see how you carry yourself. You don't... Mr. Batiman with the beard and the BBL. Hi, I want to meet you outside. I don't want to pull up to no motherfucking headquarters, bitch. Corporate ass nigga. I don't want to go to the motherfucking headquarters. I want to meet you in the club. I want to meet you in the field. I want to meet you in the streets. I want to see you outside. Let's get active. Headquarters. And I don't want to keep even pressing that we get on. We from the hood. Because we corporate too. We corporate too. Don't get it wrong. Bitches is cashing nice checks out this bitch. But we all know your motherfucking headquarters is giving 911. What's your emergency? Bitch, no. We're not doing that. We want to see you out the door. Outside in the motherfucking field, bitch. Fuck is you chatting about? Fuck is you talking about, bitch? Body man, bitch ass nigga. Nobody not pulling up to no motherfucking headquarters. Think this bitch work for McDonald's or something. Stop motherfucking playing with me, bitch. We want to see you out the door. In the streets, in the field, in the streets, in the club. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere. Where, let, 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 let's get it on, bitch. That's what the fuck. I, I want to meet you out. Bitch, and after I beat you, I'm going to fuck you on your ass because you a bitch-ass nigga. That's what we do to you. I don't want to keep even pressing that we get on. We you always motherfucking pressing a BBL, fag. Bitch, you sit on your thick ass. Bitch, you a, I got a BBL, bitch, and you a BBW. That's what you do. You big, you big, you a big black woman. That's what you is. Sitting on that motherfucking couch, chatting your motherfucking gums all motherfucking day. Popping shit like a hoe. I, you always talk about a BBL, but you sit on your thick ass all day. You a motherfucking stallion to me, bitch. Actually, you're a motherfucking bull. You fucking blimp, bitch. Who the fuck is you playing with? Hey, I, I got a fucking head. Like, <laughs> you're a clown. You're a clown. You're a joke, nigga. You're a joke. And you talking with so much aggression and hostility behind a computer for a nigga that we don't see. And bitch, and after I be All right, let me come back on the screen, child. Damn, I didn't know it was that bad. I saw bits and pieces. Like I said, I've been I've been damn busy. But um, okay, so let me address the part where DJ Academics was critiquing the city girls. Um, I don't disagree with what he was saying per se. I do feel like Carisha 
She's just not in it. You know what I'm saying? And you have a lot of people, they want the fame, they want the accolades, they want the attention, but they don't want to put in the work, you know? And like we've always said on this channel, a lot of the music nowadays is very, very mediocre. So I get him, you know, giving the critique, but the problem is he always tends to go left with some of his critiques. It ends up not just being a critique about music, but it ends up being like a lot more personal, you know, a lot more, you know what I'm saying? Just He just ends up throwing a lot more daggers than need to be thrown. Now, Saucy Santana, okay, he's reading him for the filth. He's going off. I get that he's taken up for Carisha. That's his best friend. But that is really disturbing when you say that you will basically are somebody, that you'll beat them up and then take their butt. Like, that ain't cool. You know what I mean? Because, again, if a man said that to a woman, like, that wouldn't even fly. So that is very, very, like, that, yeah, that, he was doing a bit too much with that. I wasn't even expecting that. So, um, so then what ended up happening is that basically DJ Academics gets very upset. He gets very emotional. Because he feels like he can't violate Saucy Santana in the same way that Saucy Santana can violate him. Because if he does, he risks getting canceled by, you know, social media, the LGBT. He can lose all his sponsorship deals and all that stuff. So he gets very, very emotional. This entire situation is insane. So we're going to go ahead and watch this really quick here. Everything we've talked about, but I've never cared about. I don't care what rapper got at me, bro. Ever. But, like, really, there's certain shit I'm over it. I really don't fuck with in my life, and I will never do. But, like, I gotta sit here and act like, I know I'm in, I'm in America, I gotta sit here and just act like I don't fuck with certain shit. I would never like it. My nigga's for Iggy right now. He would've cried. Yo, yo, just please. I'm telling you, I, I hate certain shit to, to the soul of me. I, I can't. I, it, I'm only pretending because I say what I want to say. I would never be here for y'all, but that's not my content. I don't want to be that person. I, I want to be the person who just have fun with y'all and some leather shit, bro. With the, everything we've talked about, bro, I've never cared about. I don't care what rapper got at me, bro phone been blowing up and people have oh so then umar johnson weighs in on the situation so we're gonna listen to what umar had to say about this as well i've been asking me if i would be interested in facilitating a peace treaty between dj academics and saucy santana i've been getting text messages and inboxes people telling me that there's a war brewing between dj academics and saucy santana allegedly dj academics says some disrespectful things about the city girls. I believe Mr. Santana is good friends with the city girls. And he clapped back at academics and academics clapped back and Saucy Santana invited DJ academics to Miami to get in the streets and catch a fade. Saucy Santana wants to catch a fade with DJ academics. And according to what I've been told, Saucy Santana said that if he wins the fight with DJ academics, if Saucy Santana wins the fight with DJ academics, if Saucy Santana wins the fight with DJ Academics, he gonna clap his cheeks. I don't wanna see no man getting his cheeks, his cheeks clapped. I don't wanna see no violence. My phone been blowing up and people have been- All right, let me come back on the screen. First of all, where the hell did Umar Johnson come from? He's so he's over here worried about DJ Academics and Saucy Santana. Sir, where the fuck is the school? 
Can I just ask the elephant in the room right now? Where is the school? You over here trying to garner peace treaties between a damn, you know what I'm saying, YouTuber and a damn rapper? Like, no, we need that school to be built ASAP, okay? This whole situation is a hot damn mess. You know, at the end of the day, I, I get it. You know, DJ Academics is frustrated because he feels like, you know, he can't violate in the same way that Saucy Santana can violate him. But it is what it is. And the thing is, I think the reason why Saucy Santana went so hard, I don't agree with the whole, you know, the R part of his rant, but because DJ Academics has always been coming, especially as of late, at black women, you know, like just dragging them and going in and like, you know, going super hard when it's not that serious. And he he does drag male rappers too, don't get me wrong. He does go back and forth with male rappers. He goes back and forth with, you know, internet personalities and stuff like that. But he tends to go like really hard on the females. <clears throat> so now Queen Latifah. Now, you know, it's serious when the queen steps off her throne to address some bullshit. Because y'all know Queen Latifah does not do social media at all. But Queen Latifah is now weighing in on the situation. So, you know, it's crazy when she's doing that. And so basically she took to her Instagram stories and she's reposting um, something that my son had wrote about DJ Academics. So it just got real because y'all know Queen Latifah. I, don't, I didn't know she had social media. Like I've never heard her be in the midst of anything, any type of drama, anything. So this is what Queen Latifah had to say. She says, it's crazy to me how DJ Academics is crying scared to say anything to Sassy Santana because he's a gay man and he's scared of getting canceled, but has said some of the most outlandish, vile, and disrespectful and demeaning things to black women with absolutely no fear whatsoever. Brings me back to the Malcolm X quote, the most disrespected, unprotected, and neglected person in America is the black woman. Okay, so she reposted what my son had posted on social media. So for Queen Latifah, like I said, to step off her throne and even address this foolishness, you know, it's serious. And I think the industry is very much tired of some of his antics, you know. And again, like I always tell you guys, right, that's one thing I, I will always say on my platform. When you do commentary and you have an opinion about everything under the sun, you can't get in your feelings when people have opinions about you. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? You think everybody agrees with what comes out of my mouth? Absolutely not. People drag me all the time. I don't give a shit. I look at it as free promo. Thank you. Keep dragging me. You know what I'm saying? It just brings people to my channel to see who the hell I am. So I'm never going to go back and forth with people on the internet or beef because somebody doesn't like me or because they have an opinion of me. Who gives a shit? I have an opinion of everything under the sun. So I, I always find it very interesting when commentators get in their feelings and, you know, get upset or start ranting and raving. Or, or my favorite is, I'm being bullied. Everybody's bullying me. No, everybody's commenting on your situation. They're not bullying you. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're a commentator. I just find that very, very funny. Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Loner. It is. It's free promo. So I, I'm never going to go back and forth with a bitch on YouTube or, you know, address other YouTubers. I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? All that is free promo for me. I don't care enough to. Because, again, when you're an opinionated person, you can't cry and get in your feelings when people have an opinion about you. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to agree with your commentary. People are going to pop off. People are going to talk shit. People are going to drag you. That is part of being a social media influencer. So if your skin is not built for that, then you shouldn't be doing commentary. It's just that simple. You know, so, but I do agree with him that 
if he would have said the same thing about the LGBT, he would be canceled. Like there's just certain people they're not going to play with. Again, where is the baby's career? The baby thought he was being funny on stage and, you know, alluding to gay people having AIDS and all this goofy shit. And his career has not been the same ever since. So, yes, it is real. They will cancel your ass. Point blank, period. You know, so, again, I think people are tired. You can't go around disrespecting women over and over again, female rappers. Like I said, I agree with some of his commentary on the City Girls, but then it just started getting a bit too personal. And I think that's where he loses a lot of people's when he starts going, like, really, really far left. Oh, snaps! There are money bags in the house! I know that ain't nobody but Mo, honey. Anytime we see a bunch of money bag emojis, Mo is in the house. Uh, shout out to Monique, aka Money Bag Mo. She just came through to the chat tonight and dropped three hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. Mo comes through whenever she wants to come through, and she just blesses me, and I I appreciate it so much. Like, damn it, Mo, I swear. She be having me want to get up here and shake some titties or something. It was like, shake some boobs in her face. Like, damn, Mo. Okay, she spent more on me than in the damn strip clubs. I appreciate it, sis. So thank you so much. Um, let me see. I'm going to read some more of these super chats, and then we're going to get to the... Uh, Keith Lee situation and start taking some calls. Like, I love me some more. It's always a blessing when she comes through. So thank you. All right. So my sis, BL Sherelle from Philly is in the house. What's up, BL? So she sent me $20. She says, Saucy absolutely violated AK, but he's trying to force AK's hand to finally rumble. Somebody Saucy actually got, oh, hold on. To rumble somebody and Saucy actually got hands. His dad was 50 Cent's bodyguard and trained him. I think Saucy will actually wash AK. Well, damn, you done spilled some tea. I didn't know that. I didn't know that Saucy Santana's daddy was 50 Cent's bodyguard. So I'm sure that Saucy Santana can throw some hands. You know what I'm saying? He talks a lot of shit, but he can also pop off. So thank you for that tea because I had no idea. But yeah, I, I think... You know, and, and that's the thing, too, with a lot of social media influencers is, again, there's nothing wrong with having an opinion, right? Because I have an opinion about stuff all the time. But there has to be a respect factor, especially if you're going to be outside and you're going to be around these people. And I think, you know, you have people who feel like they can say whatever and, you know, I'm just at home. I don't go out. I don't, you know, I don't care. I'm just going to talk shit from the comfort of my home. Eventually, you're going to run across these people when you're out. So you got to keep that same energy. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not about that life and you're not out here trying to fight, then keep your commentary respectful, you know? Because, again, y'all know me. I be outside. I don't give a damn. I be outside, no security, you know what I mean, having fun. But, again, I don't put out no negative energy. I don't put out no energy like I'm out here trying to rah-rah and beat bitches up. Bitch, I just be dancing and two-stepping in the corner and having my little fun, okay? So, again, you can't be out here running your mouth and then thinking that you're not going to see people. Because trust me, you will run into people out here, you know what I'm saying? And you better be able to stand 10 toes down in whatever you said about that person. So you got to watch what you say. Oh my God, y'all are, oh my goodness. Melvin Elephant, y'all are so awesome. Y'all are going to make me cry. Like y'all really be going so hard for my channel. Oh my goodness, he just sent $499.99. 
Mel, Valent Elephant, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You guys are just awesome. Like, wow. Don't make me cry. Like, because, again, I, I go to other people's live streams and I never see, like, this much love and, you know, just commenting and, you know, interaction. Like, that just, it means so much to me. And I don't care if people send a dollar super chat or a $500 super chat. I'm grateful because y'all don't have to do it. So thank you guys so much. It just means a lot. Again, it just proves, you know what I'm saying, that integrity is everything. So while others are, you know, crying tattoo tears and, you know, in fucked up situations, we are blessed over here. And like I will always tell you guys, integrity, you know what I'm saying, rules the day at the end of it all. You know what I mean? You got to be yourself, be comfortable in your own skin. It's not about tearing other people down. You know what I mean? I'd rather have people who rock with me on some real solid shit than have a bunch of fake people following me just so I can get to a million subscribers, okay? I want real people. I want real fans. I want real supporters, and that's what you guys are. And that means so much to me. Like, the love that I get every time I go live is insane. Like, I never see this in other people's live streams. Even with YouTubers who got way bigger followers than me, you know, because there's YouTubers who got like 10 million followers and people do not donate like that. So thank you guys so much. For real, for real. I appreciate y'all. Um, let's see here. My Isha sent $4.99. Thank you so much, my Isha. I appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Marlon, my homeboy from uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, he says... I fell the F out when I saw Dr. Umar Johnson's video. Like, who asked for his opinion? Exactly. Didn't nobody call Umar about no shit like that. People are contacting Umar to find out when is that school going to be finished. Okay? I And I, I'm invested in this school because I told y'all before, I sent Umar Johnson money. So I have every right to ask him, when is the school going to be done? I sent him a few hundred dollars back when my oldest was like, he had to be in junior high. He was like in the eighth grade. When I sent Umar Johnson money for this school to be built. Because I believed in what he was trying to do. My son is now 22 years old. And the school is still not done. Like, how is this okay? So now I don't, I don't want to hear his commentary on Saucy Santana and DJ Academics. I want to know that, that my money that I sent to him to help for this school fund, I want to see the fruits of my labor, okay? So I have every right to question this school. Because I actually donated to the plight, Okay. My kid is now too old to go to the school, but maybe somebody else's kid can go. Who knows? So let me see here. Um, beautiful black child sent $9.99 and says this is their first super chat. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for the love. So now we're going to go ahead and start taking some calls. Um, so I'm sure many of you guys watched my Keith uh, Lee video that I did earlier. I feel like my Discord screen is up because I keep hearing chirps, but I'm not seeing, hold on, maybe, I don't know, I keep hearing chirps from Discord. But um, anyhow, so my Keith Lee video, I'm sure many of you guys watched that, where Keith Lee basically has shooken up the streets of Atlanta. And so a lot of people are weighing in on this. And like I said, even for me, it really opened my eyes. Um, because I did not really understand, like, the privilege of, like, being, like, an influencer when it comes to, like, eateries and stuff like that. So let me let me make this clear. Because there were some, like, people in the chat, like, oh, how did you not understand your privilege? Because I don't go, I don't lead with I'm lovely tea. You'll never even know that I'm anywhere 
people have to come up to me. Like, you don't understand when I'm out and people recognize me and they're screaming, I'm looking around. Cause they're like, oh my God, I'm looking around like who we, you know, like who's here? And like, so I'm not used to that. So when I come into town, the people that I run with in Atlanta, they're in certain circles. They're in celebrity circles. They have connections. I'm just coming into town. So when they're making calls to restaurants because they're trying to show me a good time, I'm just assuming that's the Atlanta culture. You know, that they do stuff with people who are movers and shakers in Atlanta, you know, celebrities, influencers, and stuff like that. I'm not the one calling these restaurants. I would never call a restaurant and be like, oh, I'm lovely tea. Feed me for free. Let me cut in the line. I've never done that. I would never do that. I live in the Midwest. And that's one of the reasons why I live in the Midwest, because the Midwest keeps you humble. One, we don't have long lines at our restaurants. When we go out to eat, we just walk in. You know what I'm saying? I don't ask to be seated somewhere special. But I know when I'm in L.A., when I'm in Atlanta, it's different. I've been in spaces in L.A. where you they take you to private rooms. I mean, one time we were out with a group of influencers. They had us in a private room, and Quavo walked in. Like, Quavo just randomly walked in and came in and said what's up to us and everything else. So that... I didn't realize that was a privilege. I just re- I just thought that was just part of, you know, influencer celebrity culture. You know what I'm saying? So Atlanta does have a lot of stuff going on. And I think Keith Lee really exposed that and really, like, kind of made it clear. Um, I didn't realize there was such a different treatment between just regular people going out to eat at these certain spots versus people, you know, who, you know, have connections in Atlanta and things like that. Because, again, am I really paying any attention? No, I'm just with my friends walking into a restaurant. You know, I'm seeing a line, but I'm not. It it just, it really didn't even sink in until I watched the Keith Lee video. And that might be ignorant on my part, but I don't care. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I've always looked at it when I went down to Atlanta. It was just the norm because of the people that I'm in Atlanta with. So I never really looked at it any differently. But now that... I'm seeing it through his eyes and I'm seeing the comments like, wow, there really is a difference. You know what I'm saying? And that's just me being transparent. I'm always going to keep it real. You know what I'm saying? I could have left that out of my commentary, but for what? Why lie about it? You know what I mean? So I thought it was very, very interesting, um, you know, everything that went down. So we're going to start taking in some calls. And I want to know y'all's opinions. And um, even before that, you know... There's a lot of really good businesses. Let, let me say this before I even start taking calls. Um, there are so many businesses in Atlanta that, that do not get like their proper shine, their proper attention because they're not tied into celebrity culture. Let's keep it real. I remember when I first started going down to Atlanta, one of the first restaurants I wanted to go to was Old Lady Gang. Well, why did I want to go to Old Lady Game? Because I've been watching Real Housewives of Atlanta from its inception, and I'm a fan of Candy Burris. And I remember everybody telling me, like, yeah, no, that's not the spot. That's for tourists. No people, no real people in Atlanta really go to Old Lady Game. That's, like, for the tourists and stuff like that. And so a lot of things in Atlanta are based on celebrity culture. And I talked about my experience last year when my cousin, um, I think it was maybe two years ago, um she did her bridal party at blaze and that was the whole thing was the real housewives of Atlanta. now that was the thing for her bridal party put a teacup if y'all remember this and we were there and the food was not good the rice was not cooked the asparagus was hard and the person we had a back room 
okay? My cousin, you know, she paid, made the reservations. The person who was hosting was very unprofessional. They kept jumping in our pictures. And it got to the point where I had to tell him, like, now you're being disrespectful. She paid for a photographer and a videographer to film this event, and you're in her pictures. You're in literally 10 pictures. You're twerking. You're loud. Step out my cousin's pictures, okay? Yeah, I remember when I talked about this like a year or two ago. So I did not have a good experience at Blaze, but I didn't take it to social media. I didn't, you know, blast Candy. I talked about it, um, you know, because she happened to get a bad score at the restaurant. It went viral. So then I spoke about it. But um, there's a lot of things tied to celebrity culture, and I think the problem is this. You have people who they, 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 they live, breathe, and eat, you know, the restaurant business. That's all they know. You know, they love being an entrepreneur. They love cooking. This is their passion. And I think, unfortunately, with not only social media, but reality television, it's almost bastardized. I don't even know if that's the right word, but that's how I feel. I feel like it's almost bastardized a lot of businesses. Because now you have everyone thinking that they can do it too, not because that's their passion, not because they can cook, not because, you know, this has been their dream since they were a little boy or a girl, just because they're a celebrity. Well, I'm a YouTuber, I'm an influencer, so, you know, I should just open up a restaurant just because I'm lovely tea. There's people who really think like that. No, I don't want to open up a restaurant. I've had people ask me that too, because people know, if you know me, you know I can cook, okay? I can throw down, okay? So people have asked me, like, oh, you should open up a restaurant. Absolutely not. For what? That's not my passion. You know what I mean? I don't want to oversee a bunch of people. And hell, I can barely make YouTube videos. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, just being a YouTuber takes a lot out of me. I'll be damned if I sit here and try and juggle running a restaurant. And I think that's the problem is that you have people who have, you know, social media influence and celebrity from reality television. And they're jumping into the restaurant game basically based on the fact that they have followers, based on the fact that they're influencers, but they don't really have the passion. They don't really know how to run a restaurant. They don't really know what it takes to make it run. And so you have that mixed in Atlanta with bourgeoisie culture and celebrity obsession. And then you also have like the mom and pops, you know what I'm saying? So you have the mom and pop restaurants who are struggling to survive and stay afloat. And then you have the regular man and woman who live in Atlanta, who work a nine to five, who are just trying to take care of their families. And so all of this is like a powder keg waiting to blow. So I think what happened is that you have a lot of people who have been frustrated by the treatment and the disparities that they see between the elites and the celebrities and the bourgeoisies in Atlanta versus the regular man and woman. And I think this is why this whole situation really blew up the way it did on social media. And, you know, again, it's not just Atlanta, so I don't want to paint Atlanta in a shady light. It's also LA. It's also Miami. It's also New York. You're going to have places where when celebrities come in, everything stops for them. We have all seen viral videos of celebrities walking into barber shops and somebody could be in the chair and the barber's in the middle of getting ready to give them a fade. And it's like, oh shit, you know, Boosie just walked in. You got to get up. I got to give Boosie his, you know, his fade. You know, so, and... I'm not saying it was Bootsy, but it was some celebrity that walked in. So things like that happen all the time. Is it right? No. But I think a lot of establishments also feel like if they have a celebrity or influencer in their place, it's a good look. You know, they want to take a picture. They want to put your picture on the wall and things like that. So that does happen. 
Another thing that is, yeah, Nobu's another one in LA. Exactly. Nobu is very celebrity based, you know? Um, so people need to also understand that, that sometimes you also have to grease palms. So maybe you don't have, you know, influence and status or whatever, but you don't feel like waiting in line for an hour. Sometimes if you go up to the door person and give them 40 bucks, they'll let you cut the line. Is that right? No, but it happens all the time in the club. You know what I'm saying? Where people don't want to wait in line. I've had people give me money like, oh, I don't feel like waiting in line. Can I stand next to you, shorty? Here goes 50 bucks. You sure can. Stand right next to me like you're my boyfriend. You know what I mean? So that happens all the time. So that's just some of the things, you know, that happens when you go out. And then I see a lot of people not being honest and saying, oh, I think it's wrong when, you know, influencers get special treatment. Ladies, let's keep it real, okay? Everybody wants special treatment. If that's not, if, if, if nobody wants special treatment and everybody wants to be treated the same, then why do we dress sexy when we go to the club? Let's keep that real. Y'all go to the club in the littlest shit, fat ass. Before you go to the club, you got on your waist trainer, make sure your waist is super snatched, perky titties. You guys are doing that to get preferential treatment from guys to get drinks. And possibly phone numbers so that way they can take you out to eat after the club. Like, let's keep it real. Y'all are not going to just shade us influencers. Y'all do it too, right? Thank you. Put a teacup if you like to dress sexy when you go out in hopes of getting free drinks. Okay? So everybody like, I'm just keeping it real. Y'all not going to sit here and shade me. Like, that's not right. Using your, you know, your YouTube influence to cut the line. No. I didn't call. They, you know what I mean? My people's called. But people do that all the time. Nobody's going to go to the club looking bummy in a sweat outfit, not looking cute. Y'all are going to the club looking cute in hopes of getting preferential treatment. Come on now. How many times have you been in line and, you know, the people who are running the club, they're walking the line trying to see who the pretty girls are and they're snatching the pretty girls out of the line. Oh, y'all are cute. Oh, y'all are some baddies. Y'all come with me. Everybody likes that. So y'all not going to shame me, bitch, Okay. Everybody likes some type of preferential treatment, okay? Because if, if you didn't, then you wouldn't be going to the club dressed in the way that you're dressed. Let's keep that 100, okay? So, yes, there's definitely two different, you know, elements to the whole Atlanta scene, okay? And I think that Atlanta is a very celebrity-obsessed place, just like L.A., just like New York. You know, another thing I got to also rant about this really quick that bothers me in Atlanta. Now, Atlanta is like my second home. Shout out to my AT aliens. You know, I love y'all. Um, but y'all got to, I, I feel like it's it's too much merging of hip hop. Like when I, when I want to hear loud music and turn up, y'all not love to dance, turn up, have fun, right? I make a conscious decision to go to the club. If I'm going to a lounge because I want to go eat dinner with friends, I don't want to hear a bunch of loud rap music. I, like Atlanta has that bad word so loud, literally I feel like I'm yelling across the table to have a conversation. Put a teacup if y'all hate that shit in Atlanta. I see people saying speak on it, T. Put a teacup with that. I cannot be the only person annoyed by this. When we're in a lounge, I want it to be soft music. It can be hip hop, but I need it to be at a reasonable level where I can still talk to the person in front of me. Like when we went to that spot, the BB, the barbecue spot or whatever, I forgot the name. I talked about it in my vlog. It just like really annoyed me because the food was good 
And I'm literally like, can I have a bite of your grits? Let me taste your taco. Like, I don't want to yell. You know what I mean? And it's like, if it's a lounge, I want it to have an ambience. I don't want to hear from the windows to the wall. Like, if I want to, like, hear music that's going to get me turned up and crunk, I want that for the club. In the lounge, I want to hear, you know, when I see you. I want to hear some Fantasia, some Ryan Carey. I want to hear, you know, you know, some light stuff. I don't want to hear a bunch of, like, hardcore rap, you know. I don't want to hear hot niggas while I'm trying to eat fish and grits. Like, I, that's the only thing that kind of, like, annoys me sometimes in Atlanta. It's like, it's almost like hip-hop is too immersed where it shouldn't be. We just, just work, you know, in Minnesota, it's just soft music when you go to the lounge, you know. Granted, you know, it's not as hip-hoppy up here. But it's like, I want to hear that in the club. I don't want to hear that while eating fish and grits. I don't, I don't want to hear hot nigga while eating fish and grits, okay? I don't want to think about a body, you know, Mitch caught a body about a week ago. I don't want to think about that while I'm eating fish and grits. I want to be in a happy space. So that's my main critique. Too much loud music, turn it down. Turn it down, especially if it's a lounge. If it's a club, do you. But when it's a lounge and y'all got lounge food and hookahs and shit, I don't want to hear a bunch of loud music. I don't want to, you know, I don't want people twerking by my food. Move your ass away from my meal. Okay? I, I'm just keeping it real. I don't want to do, I don't, I don't want to see all that. Okay? <laughs> so those are my gripes about Atlanta. But with that being said, like I said, there's a lot of like really, really dope businesses. And I want to shout out this business. I went to them um, while I was down there. Because y'all know I love my candles. Like I literally, like no lie. I have candles in my office. I have another big, can I literally have like three candles. Like I'm always burning candles. So I love candles. And one of my friends told me about this candle shop where you can make your own custom candles in Atlanta. And it was it was such a vibe. And they are a Black-owned business. We have over 7,000 people in here. So if you are in the A, definitely go visit them. They're called um, Simply Naked Candle Company. Let me share this tab real quick. But it was such a vibe. This is their company. And I made my own custom candle, and it smelled, y'all. I, like, I need to be a candle maker at this point. Like, it smelled so good. Y'all know I love putting fragrances and stuff together. I love my diffusers. But they are so dope. They're a black-owned company. You can go with, like, a date. You can go with friends. And matter of fact, um, how I first met them was they were invited to my tea event, my live event in Atlanta. So some of you guys got to make your own little custom candles. I didn't get a chance to because, you know, I'm the one hosting the event, so I miss everything. Um, so I was like, I really wanted to do it. And so I ended up going, and it was such an amazing experience. And I had, and they have, like, the wax, and you melt it, and you pick your fragrances. But it is a vibe. So if you guys are in ATL and you guys want to do something for, like, date night or something with your friends or, you know, I wouldn't take little kids. Don't go in there with your damn toddler knocking over shit. But, you know, if you have, you know, older kids. You know, like junior high age, they would have fun. And they play really good music, and the music is not too loud and crazy. It's a vibe. So make sure you guys check them out. I had a really, really good time making my own custom candles that, you know, I cannot wait to go back down there and try it again. So Simply Naked Candles, shout out to y'all. Thank y'all so much. Um, it, was, it was fun. It was really fun. So, all right, y'all. So let's go ahead and start taking calls. I'm going to start bringing y'all up on stage. Don't be shy. 
come in peace or leave in pieces, okay? So, uh, Vidal Al uh, Alfred, go ahead and unmute your microphone. You're on stage. Hi, T. Hi, T. Hey, how are you, sis? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. What do you think about the whole Keith Lee situation? So it's so wild. So, so it's my so mom wild. Is so a hater, my mom right? Is a hater, and right? we were talking. You said about, what? We were talking like, about. My mom is a caterer. My mom is a caterer. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking so about. We were talking this. about. It's like, it's like, at what point? At what point did the customer, did the customer deck, deck. girl, your phone is breaking up. Oh, I'm so, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna need y'all to call in from American Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, sorry. you said something about the customer service, and then what happened? It's like, it's when, like did when did customer service? service? Yeah, it's really bad, sis. You got to get into a better place. It's really, really bad. Okay. okay so Okay, no worries. Let me go ahead and bring on some other people. Please make sure y'all unplug these Haitian and Nigerian Bluetooths. Okay, we need y'all's phones working. Let me go ahead and bring on Queen Red. Queen Red, go ahead and unmute your microphone, sis. Hey, can y'all hear me? We can hear you perfectly. How are you? Good, how are y'all? Good. So what do you think about the whole Keith Lee situation? Man, he made, he made so many so good, good points. points. Um, yeah. Are y'all echoing for y'all? It sounds good on my end. I don't hear an echo. Okay. okay. So, um, um yeah, he yeah, made he some made good some points. points. Atlanta, Atlanta, I live, I in, Lawrenceville, live in Lawrenceville, so I kind of live like outside of Atlanta. Atlanta. But most of the restaurants, even the ones that are, you know, just regular restaurants, mm -hmm. they'll open at like nine o'clock, close at 2 30. So it's, it's, the, the, the times, times are trash. trash. The way they, they treat, treat you is trash. They're saying so, that there's still an echo. That is weird. Yeah. That was, was happening to the last, last girl, girl too. I, I can't hear it on my end. It sounds fine on my end, though. Huh. Hold on. Let me see if there's anything we can do. Because last time we had calls, we weren't getting the echo. When you guys signed on, did it have y'all like pick anything, like anything with the audio? Mm -mm. Oh, it just uh, kind of checked if uh, the audio was good, but that was it. Okay. Do you have the background on? Like, can you mute your background? Uh, let's see. I think it's the background. Or maybe I'll just mute myself. Somebody said mute. I'm, I'm okay. So you talk. I'm gonna mute myself. I'll do that. How about, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear. I'm gonna mute myself. So you go ahead and talk. Okay. Oh, that's much better. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah, and even some of the things that Cardi B was saying, like some of the restaurants don't. It's like they don't like money. They don't like to uh, um, work or something. I don't know what it is, but. The, the restaurant culture is trash. And even with the lounges, right? <laughs> so last weekend, we were invited to a birthday party, me and my mother. And we didn't, you know, I'm Nigerian. So Nigerian restaurants, a lot of times the restaurants turn into lounges. So we get there. And like you were saying, you go there, you're thinking, you know, 
just a chill and you know environment my dear the 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 sound is loud everybody's loud you could barely hear the waitress you know i don't know atlanta has this weird like lounge restaurant culture thing you're paying 1k to sit down and and somebody brings you two bottles of you know drinks i i just don't like it you can't really enjoy the the experience everything is just loud and obnoxious <laughs> so no i agree and that was my issue um when i went to that lounge place because it was like the music was just far too loud where you can't loud. even enjoy it oh yeah. Oh, yeah it's um you can't even hear yourself and i you know like you know the like you were saying you know with the girls you know it's true girls we dress up we look cute we go there you know trying to get the free drink so everybody has their um kind of you know what they can get from you know restaurants and, and lounges and stuff like that so i don't know i just atlanta i can't speak for any other state i just know that most of my restaurant experiences and lounge experience have been awful um you know, you just can't have fun anymore. It's just loud music. I hate hookah. Like, don't judge on anybody else that does hookah. But I, I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what that's about with them. Like pitching hookah to you like every three minutes. Like, if I tell you I don't smoke, don't come back three minutes later. Like, you want to get a hookah? I told you I don't yeah. smoke. Matter of fact, I went to one, um, one where they were asking if we wanted like edibles and shit, edibles, weed, and stuff. And I. I <laughs> I don't smoke. I'm a pharmacist. I, I don't I don't play into that nonsense. So I you know here in Georgia it ain't legal. So <laughs> it's it's but it's, it's a surprise though. <laughs> it's a surprise, but they will ask you like, hey, you know, and one girl she kept asking me several times like if I if I smoke. I'm like, no, ma'am. She had a whole business at the at the lounge area that we were at. And this is Atlanta for you because a lot of the celebrities will come out. And, you know, they make sure that they're good on their end with whatever they want. So everybody else expects the same thing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to go ahead and get to the next caller. I appreciate you, uh, Queen Red. So let me go ahead. Um, I think just to make it easier when they're talking, I'm just going to mute my microphone because it like stopped the echoing. I don't know why there's an echo, but I'm just going to mute my microphone when they talk. So we'll kind of do like a back and forth. So um, let me go ahead and hold on here. Let me remove some people. Okay, and Gozi, go ahead and unmute your mic. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Okay, I'm so nervous. So like if I start to ramble, like forgive me. But I think it's two big problems. The first problem is that I feel like this is always this has always been the case. Like this elite, quote unquote, and regular people get treated differently. You like you said, like in New York, L.A., Dallas, whatever. But I think it's becoming even more of a problem, and people are becoming a lot more angry because the economy is so bad. Like people don't want to go to a restaurant and then be treated like shit after spending like a hundred, two hundred dollars. And I'm not sure if it'll ever get worse, but if the economy gets worse, I'm pretty sure people are going to get angry and angrier. It might even shut these like these restaurants down. Two, I think this is like 
in my opinion, I feel like this shows just the subconscious disdain a lot of Black people have for other Black people because there's no reason why you should treat someone who looks just like you with so much irritation or anger or like annoyance. And like you get the taste of like power. And then all of a sudden now you're treating your brethren and your sisters the exact same way a lot of white people treat us. It's just, it's weird to me. I'm gonna mute myself. You made some really good points. I really like what you had to say about that because I do agree that there is I think that's where a lot of the anger is coming from because the economy is bad. So if I'm able to come up with enough money to come and patronize your restaurant, you know, I want an experience. I want to feel good. I want, like, when I go to something, I want to leave on cloud nine. I want the food to taste good. I want the energy to be good. I don't want to feel like I'm being a burden or an inconvenience to you, especially when I'm spending my money. I'm not right. coming here to eat for free, you know? So I, I definitely agree with your points that everything... Um, is so celebrity based and you know influencer based now that it is making a lot of people who just you know everybody's not into social media everybody doesn't want to be a celebrity you know what I'm saying like some people are just cool being a nurse being a doctor being you know working you know fast food people are just living their day-to-day -day life that doesn't mean that they should get and you know treated any less than anybody else exactly, exactly. And, it's and it's like, like it's like, like with the economy now is like when the real the I think it was the manager of the real milk and honey that went on to some talk show and she said people pay for food not the service and that kind of just goes back to my first point it's like no I'm paying for the service that's why for example a lot of servers expect you to tip because the service is an additional charge to the food that you're buying so if I'm being treated like a burden or people like they're trying to rush me out the door because a lot of these restaurants for some reason have like a 60 to 90 minute eating period and you only get your food after waiting 59 minutes it i don't want to tip because now you're making me feel like shit <laughs> yeah i don't like for me like i said i don't understand the whole wait time situation in atlanta because i only see it out there in atlanta like i've never had to wait to go into a restaurant here in the twin cities I mean, we have a lot of people up here, you know, Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul, it's not a, you know, it's not a small town at all. But I just, I don't understand like why the wait times are so long. And I get it, everybody does brunch on Sundays, you know, that's a Southern thing. But like to sit and wait in line for an hour for brunch is crazy. It really is. So thank you so much, Ngozi, for calling <laughs> in. You, you made a lot of good points, sis. All right, let me go ahead and bring on uh, Luis Gonzalez. Go ahead and unmute your mic. Okay, Luis is not ready. Y'all please be ready. Let's see here. Um, Lexi, you're on hey. stage. Hey, Lexi, what do you think hey. about this situation? Yes, so this was gonna be like the perfect moment for black owned businesses to learn, but I see that nobody wanna learn. So I'm disappointed because I know, I think they call Atlanta like Black Hollywood or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So it's disappointing because, I mean, he just gave his honest review and now he's getting death threats. It's not funny. It's not fair, especially when he made it clear that he didn't want to harm nobody. And he just said um, the businesses that he wasn't working with, he just wasn't working with and people need to go try it themselves. 
So it's just very unprofessional. And again, like I just really, this was going to be the perfect moment for Black-owned businesses to learn how to treat um, your clientele better, your Black clientele especially. But I, I see that nobody learned it. And this is not just the restaurant business. It is everything. It is healthcare. It is um, the hair business. Like if you ever try to do your hair at, you know, some of this with some of these black owned, you know, hair salons, you have to pay 500, but you got to wash your hair and you got to blow dry it. And it, it's just a mess. Right. So it's not just the restaurant business. And I mean, I'm very disappointed um, just to see that uh, as a community none of us are ready to really do what it takes. I don't really believe that it has anything to do with the economy because everybody's going through it. And I don't think like going through financial problems or any kind of problem justify um, making like basically sharing, making other people um, un just as uncomfortable as you, if that makes sense. So like if you going through something. Okay, let me say this. Sorry, I got to mute back and forth. You've made some really good points. And I like the fact that you said it's not just the restaurant business because we talked about this i believe a few months ago with like you know the instagram hairstylist how they're charging outrageous prices they have all these rules and regulations you got to wash your own hair there's a partying fee there's a, a scalp massage fee it's like there's a fee for everything and i think you know that's the part why i say that social media has messed up a lot of stuff I'm starting to feel like we're paying for a lot of people's lifestyles because even like just some of the food that I ate in Atlanta and again, I paid for my food, I tip, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like I'm going into places like, oh, give me free food. No, I pay for all my food, but that bottled water, that really pissed me off because I feel like this, two tacos, two, they weren't huge, wasn't a burrito, two small tacos, $18. That's not cheap, right? And so for you to not give me a glass of water with a lemon, like that's insane. Y'all know I drink water all day. I be drinking water all through my streams. Like water should just come with your meal. You should only be charging for pop. You should only be charging for liquor. Like water should just be just, a, you know what I mean? Just like a courtesy. And so for them to give me a bottle of water and literally the bottle of water was like this big, $4 for a bottle of water to go with my meal. It's insane. You know, so I feel like we're almost paying for people's lifestyles. The fact that one of the restaurants were charging a, a dollar for butter is insane to me. You know, the fact that you have nail techs charging $300 for nails, and trust me, I get it. Some of the, the designs can get very, very intricate, but are we really paying for the designs? Or are we paying for your lifestyle? And I think that's what it is. You even have guys out now who are cutting hair on Instagram and they're charging $100 for a haircut. When literally a few years ago, a haircut was 25 bucks at the most. Now people, you, you got to come to them and they're charging $100. So I feel like we're almost paying for people's lifestyles and not so much the product. Do you agree with that, Lexi? Yes, yes. most definitely. Social media has a lot to do with it. Um, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but people have been saying that these are social media restaurants. They just want you to come for a photo op. If you got followers, they allow you. And it sucks because sometimes you're dealing with a regular, like, uh, people. Um, as I, I mean, I live in Southern California. I live in L.A. And people will try to pay you with influencer, right? Like, if you're a photographer and you want to be paid a certain amount, they say, oh, no, I don't, I can't pay you this, but I got 100K uh, followers. So social media has messed up everything. <laughs> but... 
That that is my biggest pet peeve when people try to go out their way to not pay for a service because they're an influencer. Um, and, and let me say this, it goes both ways too as an influencer because I've experienced this. Um, and I'll stop patronizing somebody. Because again, when I go in for a service, I'm going in as a regular person. I never come in and introduce myself as Lovely T. Lovely T is on YouTube. When I'm out in the real world, I am TT. You know what I mean? I'm T. And so I remember I had this nail tech and for some reason, somehow she found out I was an influencer. I think somebody in the shop recognized me, whatever. And so she was like, oh my gosh, you're an influencer. You have followers. Can you shout out my business? Now, mind you, this is my first time meeting her. I don't even know if you can even do good nails and good nail designs. And she was saying, well, I'll just do your nails free. If you shout out my business, I can do your nails free every week. Well, that's not my rate for a shout out. You know, I, and at the time my Instagram page had 250,000 followers, your nail service is 50 bucks. That's not, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't equate what the hell I get paid when I do like a review or I, or I post ads on my um, Instagram. So sometimes you have people who do that to influencers too, where they feel like you should, you know, shout out their company to your, in, you know, to like your followers. And my thing is, no, like if I'm going to shout out somebody, I'm shouting it out because I genuinely like the service, just like Simply Naked Candles. Like I genuinely had a good time. I genuinely love my candle. You know what I'm saying? It was genuinely good customer service. They didn't pay me to shout them out. They didn't even, they probably don't even know that I'm doing this live stream shouting them out, but I just really enjoyed their space. So it's like, no, I'm not going to shout you out because I paid you 50 bucks to do my nails. And I hate when influencers do that as well. Like if I'm hiring somebody to be my videographer or my photographer, I'm not going to then say, oh, well, you know, you're being seen next to me, so that should be payment. Me taking a picture with that person is not going to cover their rent. Like, that is insane. I had the same thing happen, like I told you guys years ago. I was supposed to be in this rapper's music video in L.A. I had booked it, and then the next day when it was time to go for call time and I'm going back over the notes, they're saying, oh, unfortunately, we can't pay any of the models. Well, unfortunately, I won't be there. Because again, my gas tank does not take freebies. My gas tank does not care who this rapper is. I need to have gas to move around expensive LA. So a lot of times people will try and use their influence to make you, you know, for them to get free stuff and it's not okay. So thank you so much, Lexi. Thank you for calling in. Let me go ahead and bring up some more people. The link, if you guys want to call in, the link is being posted in the chat down below. Um, Jonelle, I'm going to add you to the stage. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Let me know your thoughts on the Keith Lee situation. Hi. Um, <laughs> if if I, I'm nervous, <laughs> um, Keith uh, Keith Lee didn't say anything wrong. It was his opinion, and I feel like people are attacking him for his opinion. And if you got critique, everybody got a critique. How old are you? Everybody, wait. How old are you? Everybody's saying, "Are you twenty-four? Oh, she's not twelve, y'all. <laughs> They're like, she's twelve. Whose child is that? That's a grown woman, y'all. Stop. She's grown. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you weren't a baby. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, girl, you got school. You got to be in school in the morning. I I get mistaken for twelve a lot, so. Okay, you're good. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, 
everybody's got critique. You can't get praise all the time. And um, I was saying in the chat, if um, Gordon, you seen Gordon Ramsay, right? They they would never they would never threaten Gordon Ramsay because he'll tell you like it is. He's he's harsh, but he'll tell you like it is, and people never threaten him. But when it's another person, they go all out. No, I definitely agree. Um, and again, it's not just, I, I saw people saying, oh, but that's Gordon Ramsay. He's an established chef. You know, he's world renowned. All Keith Lee does is just sit in his car and eat. But I don't care if it's Gordon Ramsay. It could be Guy Ferreira, um, Mark Zimmerman. He's, no, is that his name? Matthew Zimmerman something. He's here. He's from Minnesota. He does, he does Food Network shows where he goes around eating. Um, even Anthony Bourdain, he did that for years too. And again, when people are doing food critiques, some reviews will be positive and some won't, you know? And if we're going to shame them every time they don't like a restaurant or they don't like a meal, then what's the point of having food critiquers? You know, we want them to taste the food for us so that way we can find out if we're going to waste our time or not. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes. And it's not just food. It could be anything. Shows and uh, and uh, drawings and stuff. i seen this one show. It's it's called Miraculous Ladybug. But um, there's this, this writer and he uh, gets praise. And whenever he's and whenever they say something like, oh, this this person needs to have character growth, he blocks them. And I'm like, how are, how are, how is your show going to go up? And how is people going to watch your show if you keep blocking them? I agree. Yep, I definitely agree. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Janelle. We're going to go ahead and get to the You're next welcome. caller. I appreciate it, sis. All right, let me go ahead and bring on uh, Steffi, baby. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. What are your thoughts on the key? Hi, uh, hey, how are you doing? What are your thoughts on the situation, sis? So I don't know if you know, but I know a lot of the beauty influencers on TikTok, they are in hot water every other day because they get paid by these companies to put up a sponsored post but they don't disclose that the that the post is sponsored so they are very biased in their reviews and if you read the comments they're getting eaten up in the comments saying oh this review is fake you're sponsored but you're not disclosing that you're sponsored so my thing is we everybody's saying oh just be honest just be honest we don't trust you anymore that's why we don't follow you anymore and we don't buy the stuff that you promote because you're a liar and you're not disclosing that you're getting paid so if Keith is doing a genuine review, don't you think people should honor that and people should be happy that finally we have somebody who's keeping it real and who's not just taking somebody's money to just lie about a business? So y'all want him to kiss everybody's ass, but then if he kisses everybody's ass and says, oh, this is a good, every restaurant is good, they're gonna say, oh, you're being paid and you're not disclosing that. But then if he says everything is bad, then everyone's going to say, oh, you're tearing down black businesses. So it's like, do we really honor honesty or we don't? OK, so let me answer that. I definitely agree with what you're saying. And that's one thing that I did like about Keith Lee when I watched his videos, even in his critique, he's respectful. 
And so it's almost like people can they, people just can't take critique. And that's the part that's unfortunate because, again, why is he being asked to come down to these restaurants and being asked to go on these food tours if y'all don't want the truth? So for him, it is a double-edged sword. If he gives all positive reviews, then it's, oh, you're being paid, you're a shill, you're a fraud. But then if he gives negative reviews, oh, you, you know, you just, you're anti-black. You hate black people. You want all black businesses to die. It's like, well, damn, that's a big extreme. All because he didn't like this dry biscuit, he's now anti-black. So, I mean, it was just a bit much. Even the people who were sending him threats, it's like, y'all are really <laughs> ready to take it to the streets? You know what I'm saying? And, and risk this man's life over a review, over some lamb chops? Y'all ready to take him out? Like, that is insane. And I think that's the part that, like, really disturbed me. It's one thing to be upset about his review and not agree with it, but then to threaten him and say that he needs to get the hell up out of Atlanta before it's too late. You know what I'm saying? We're coming for him. Like, some of those threats on Twitter would just, it, it just blew me away. I'm like, it's not this serious. He's literally eating, and you guys are mad. Yes, exactly. So I agree with that. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, so, yeah, I just don't understand. It's like we say we want something real, we want honesty, but then when we're we're getting that, we trash that person. So I don't understand. Like, pick one. What do y'all want? And then another thing that... Um, I don't understand what is the difference if somebody gets if somebody leaves a bad review online for the entire world to see because Google is is public for everybody. So what's the difference if if let's say I go somewhere and I don't like it and I I went with my 10 friends and family members. What's the difference if I and all of my 10 friends leave a bad review and everybody in the world can see it. What's the difference. You get what I'm saying. It's still a bad review. You know, it's it's on the internet for everyone to see anyhow. Correct. No, I definitely agree. And I just think part of the problem is the fact that, you know, people put too much stock into other people's opinions. At the end of the day, this is just his opinion. His taste buds are his taste buds. They're not mine. They're not yours. So if he likes something, great. He may love something, then I go and taste it, and it's like, oh, gross, disgusting. Or he may, you know, hate something, and I can taste that same meal, and it's fire. You know, so I think that we shouldn't take it that deep. You know, it's simply just an opinion. But Steffi, baby, thank you for calling in. We're going to go ahead and move on to the next caller. I appreciate you calling in. Um, let me go ahead and bring on uh, Bray Braylon Lee. Yes, yes, the stage. Yes, yes. Hey, how I are you? Hi. I am I doing am great. You. And I just want to say, first of all, you are such a legend on YouTube. And I mention you on my channel. I'm I'm a very small creator. I got thousands of subscribers. So one step at a time. But I cannot wait to see the million celebration. And I remember you did your live show. I hope there's more live shows to come. So nothing but love for you in the chat. Thank um, you so you know, much. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Well deserved, of course. Um, this is the thing I need all of us to do. If you enter in a food competition, would you have the same energy? If you were on Food Network competition, would you have the same energy? If you're on Cutthroat Kitchen, there ain't no way in hell you're going to send a death threat to Alton Brown on camera. And honestly, too, at the end of the day, like, do we not want black people to diversify themselves? I hate a linear legacy. If everybody's a doctor, who's going to be the lawyer? Who's going to be the teacher? And do y'all not think for every black chef, there's a black food critic? Really? I mean, and honestly, with these reviews, would you take it from a white food critic? 
because white people don't know black people food. We do. So it only makes sense. And at the end, like you said, lovely T, the fact that he was respectful would be like, do not send any zero reviews. He didn't have to do that. Um, so I'll let you respond. Then I will respond to the other um, two topics. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I feel like that's the part that kind of bothers me, unfortunately, is that sometimes we're overly harsh on our own people, right? Like you said, if this was the Food Network, these same folks would not be sending anybody from the Food Network death threats. You know, um, again, yes, Gordon Ramsay, he's an established chef and everything else. But let's keep it real. He's ratchet. He's very disrespectful. Okay, he will cuss you out at the drop of a dime and is seen as cute and spicy because it's another ethnicity doing it, you know? And so I, I, for me, I like Keith Lee's energy. He just seems really nice, genuine and positive. So for him to get all this backlash is sad. And sometimes we're, we never give our own grace, you know? And I think it's on both ends, right? Because um, Another really good restaurant down in Atlanta is my friend Ebony. She owns Nouveau, and I did my event there a year and a half ago um, in, in, at her Jonesboro restaurant. And that's the one thing is that when me and her talked is that we have to be able to give each other grace on both ends, right? So when we go into a black establishment, yes, we want to be treated a certain way. We want to be treated right. We want to be, you know, entertained and, you know, made to feel good. But then we also need to come in with, you know, our same positive energy as well. Because sometimes we come in as customers automatically expecting the worst of the worst. Because, again, we see another black face. Do we have that same energy when we go into a white establishment or are we just going in there to go get dinner? You know, so I think that we need to, there has to be a, a level of respect on both ends, especially when we see a black face. So you can go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally yeah. agree with you. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, the reason why we can't elevate is because we're about destruction, not construction. Um, I wanted to talk about Diddy goes off of Warner Brothers. Now, listen, Diddy, I'm not your manager or nothing, but what I would have said was, hey, listen, can we do a multi-year deal for Revolt Studios so that way you can get movies and TV shows on bigger platforms and stuff? That's the way I would have hustled it. Make Take an inch, make it a mile. Um, honestly, I know that Diddy tried to... Um, you know, pitch for BET and Tyler Perry said the process was disrespectful. I feel like the only way we will ever get respect is if we take respect. Because the crazy thing is when Byron Allen went to bid for BET, he put in a $3 billion bid and Paramount Global moved back the goalposts. But yet Byron Allen went to ABC and bid it for $10 million. Not 10 million, 10 billion, sorry. So you mean to tell me, Paramount Global, you reject a $3 billion bid, the thing that you were asking for, but Byron Allen went to a network and bid it 10 billion, something in the Kool-Aid ain't sweet. Go right ahead, lovely T, and then I'm gonna comment on the last topic, and then if I can, I would love to DM you sometime and just learn from you, so. All right, no, I appreciate you calling in. Um, What is your channel? Shout out your channel. Yeah, my channel yeah, is just Braylon Lee. Lee. Um, okay. Just my name. And I do this concept called Virtual Tour Live. So I basically take the highest topics and stories. And just like a virtual road trip, we go here, there, anywhere. And um, I'm very, very proud that I do it from the ground up. And um, it's just one subscriber at a time. And you said something about um, Fresh and Fit. For you, and you said this, it's not about the numbers, it's about the quality. So even though I'm at a thousand, that doesn't mean I'm not quality. I just have to keep giving because everybody starts at zero. So 
Exactly. And thank you so much for calling in. It was wonderful talking to you. We still have a bunch of calls on the line, oh, but go, I really go right appreciate ahead. it. Much I love. love your input. And, you know, keep up the great work. Because again, like you said, we all started somewhere when I came onto this platform. You know, I was at zero like everybody else. And like I've always said, it's about integrity. I'm not going to buy followers. I'm not, you know, don't take shortcuts. You know what I mean? Because you want those rewards to come and, and you want them to be genuine. You don't want them because you're an agent of chaos. You know what I mean? Like really think about your brand and, you know, your integrity and what you put out there. And good luck to you. So thank you so much for calling in. It was wonderful talking to you. All right, y'all. He was awesome. That was a really, really good call. Thank you to everybody that's been calling in. Lots of good calls. Um, ATL people, if you're in the ATL and you want to call in, they're putting the link in the chat. I'm trying to pull people off. So there might be, I think there's like a line or something. It's a lot of people calling in. Um, let me go ahead and bring on KRSTN. Thank him short for Christian. <laughs> hey, sis, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Oh, Lord, I didn't realize. Hi. Hey, I'm going to mute <laughs> yes, myself. Yes, ma'am. Hi. How you doing? So, um, oh, Kristen, by the way, it's Kristen. Hey, y'all. Okay, so I live in Atlanta, and I worked in Atlanta for eh, for some years, especially downtown and midtown. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I have seen <laughs> so many things you wouldn't even want to know, okay? I've worked in security, so will not tell you I've seen some things. I ain't calling no names. I ain't mentioning no restaurant names, but I done seen the Terminex, dude. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but just know, yeah, honestly, I am I am kind of glad Keith Lee's, Keith Lee, the hell am I saying? Keith Lee <laughs> has come in to kind of shake the table, and he probably didn't even have the intention to even do that with his following, right? But yeah, he has that power. He has that impact. And once I learned he touched down, I just said, okay, we're going to see what's going to happen. I had no idea. Man, this man shook the table, and I'm happy. I don't know about anybody else. I'm happy. Call these people out. Expose these people. No, he's not doing that, but I'm glad he's using his influence to help people spread the word even further. Like, no, yeah, no. Bring, let, let's go, because I'm sick of Atlanta. I believe his style was five. I'm sick of the restaurant scene, the bougie scene. Everything is just it's too much. It's too much. Let me ask you real quick, um, because you're you're from Atlanta. So do you feel like it's changed a lot over the years, especially with social media, um, the whole celebrity culture? Like what are some of like the craziest things that you've seen? in Atlanta, like when it comes to like restaurants, like have you seen situations where people were already sitting down eating and they were told to leave because, you know, JD walked in the restaurant? Like, have you seen things like that? Go ahead and spill that tea, sis. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> I worked in um, Colony Square for some time and I worked at a new place that opened a, a couple years ago called Pollen Tyrone. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I'm not gonna mention the very, um, restaurant that I worked at but just know I have seen a few celebrities come in I have watched my boss treat people those same people with you know special treatment yeah yeah so um <laughs> to you know get her foot in the door get that notoriety and all that did I roll my eyes a little bit yeah but I still smile I still um gave my service to the people I don't care who you are I done seen Tigger I done seen Michael B. Jordan who the hell else I seen? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> um, um, CeeLo Green. And he's a regular. He was a regular. 
but I still treated these same people like they people, they're people. I don't care about your status, you feel me? But yeah, I've, I've seen that. I've seen um, reports of um, infestations. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I've seen it. And people like me that want to spread the word and call these people out, we're either, you know, we're kind of scared because we don't know, you know what I'm saying? Because people know people or, you know, we call it out, but nobody's listening. So for Keith Lee to come in and come here of all places, since we're a major city like LA and Houston, we're a major city. So yeah, it makes freaking sense. <laughs> to at least go to certain places he may not even know but these certain places yeah like yeah unfortunately no they're not the best of the best and let's just call it out it's too bougie always want to oh who the heck overcharges a burger for 25 daggone dollars Atlanta and it's not even a good burger where's the truffle butter does it got truffle butter on it shit at least give me something to, $25 it better be worth <laughs> the damn price i'm just saying yeah the prices there are a lot there the the food there is more expensive um in atlanta that's definitely what i've noticed now i had talked to one of my you know at alien friends we had a conversation earlier today and because and i was basically asking them like i don't understand like why some people are like so mad like they're so infuriated by keith lee and his review and from what they were saying is that, you know, a lot of people take the restaurant business down there very serious because, you know, some people, you know, that's like, um, it's like their way into the industry. Like if you don't have like talent, you know, like modeling or singing or acting, then at least I can also rub shoulders with the elite. I can get in the door, you know what I'm saying? via food via the restaurant because everybody got to eat regardless of your status regardless if you're a celebrity regular person everybody has to eat so he was saying that that's why he felt like some people were taking it so seriously and so upset into the heart because again they don't want it to mess up their potential connection to celebrities you have yeah, a great, great point and that's exactly what it is but it really it's very infuriating because why do you care so much to have the notoriety to be here's my thing the, the beautiful thing about Keith Lee is that he moves with integrity. He's humble. I'm sure he's very kind. I'm sure he's very sweet. I never met the man, but you can tell he stands, you know, 10 toes down on business. And he's been moving the same way since he got his fame into the social media thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he was an MMA fighter. That's one thing. But he moved over to something else. This is probably all new to him even still. And it's it's just another way to realize when you are that type of person, and you gain that much following, even if you didn't think you was, you have a you have power. You are now impactful. And it's beautiful to watch him do this and possibly, you know, call out the certain type of restaurants that have these, you know, these rules. And again, he's not being disrespectful about it at all. He's calling it for what it is. He's rating the food. That's great. But guess what? The people that live in these cities like moi. All right. We know what's up. And it's about high time they get exposed. So let me just say this to anybody that eat anywhere. Can I just point this out real fast? If you please pay attention <laughs> to the health department grade, please. Anything below 90, really 95. Anything below 90, don't you eat there for the love of Jesus and Christ. Don't eat there. If you see a black box outside and inside of the damn restaurant, don't you eat there. <laughs> don't you go. Don't. Get, get the hell out. Get, get out. <laughs> get out. ASAP. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, because these restaurants don't deserve it. To me, as a, if you're going to be a business owner, 
like move with integrity put in the blood sweat and tears and energy you want to help people i can't stand these people who want to become entrepreneurs so bad but don't want to put in the very work ethic to keep up what you got going on your intention means everything so if you have the intention to be selfish and just to make money well you're going to see how your business is going to turn out you may have it all now but it's going to quickly go down so definitely Well, thank you so much, Christian, for calling in. It was good talking to you straight from the A. I appreciate it. I love watching you, by the way. Every time you go live, I'm here, man. It's so cool. I I, I hate that I didn't get to see you, but hopefully one day I will. You seem so cool, man. (laughs) Thank you, sis. I appreciate you. Good talking to you. You too. Bye. Man, this has been a really good discussion. So we're going to take a few more calls. Um because it's almost nine o'clock. I know it's getting late. Um, Let me go ahead and bring on, um, Lee was here. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Oh my gosh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm doing good. I don't know if you remember me, but I was at your first, oh yeah. I was gonna say, I was at your first event. My phone was dying and we took that picture real quick together. But yeah, you have like the best events. But um, Thank you so much. No problem. Um, I'm from New York City. And so like, I have never worked as a waitress in New York City, but I've been a waitress out here in Georgia, and it is the most complex-ish in the world. Like, I think it starts in the back of house, and I think that's what makes the front of house messy, because I've worked as a waitress. First of all, I've applied to places like corporate, not corporate places, but like, you know, uh, what do you call those? Like, franchise, like, you know, like, kind of like, I applied to this place, and basically they hired me, and the general manager quit. Nobody got back to me. And then I went up there and then like, they called me back for orientation. They did my onboarding, never called me to work. And then I applied to another place this year. They never called me back to work. Like, it's so weird. Like places here, like the hiring process, I know somebody that applied to a supermarket and they didn't get called back. Like, it's just so weird. And then I feel like business owners, like a couple of the lounges that I have worked at, I feel like they spread themselves too thin. And so they don't care to give quality work. They're just trying to make money. Or like the other lady said, they just want to meet people to get them into the door of the next thing. Because I worked at this one lounge last year and the owner, like he had this book that he wrote. He was trying to open another restaurant in the airport. And then it was one day we was at work because he owned a couple properties. He telling us and the manager, like, he got to go leave to go evict this lady. Like, first of all, that's not our business. And second of all, like. Okay, what do you think about Keith Lee? Just, we just talking about the Keith Lee situation. You agree with what he's saying and, you know what I'm saying, like the whole situation in Atlanta? Because you're kind of going off topic. Oh, my bad. But, yeah, I personally feel like everything is just disorganized. So I totally agree with him. And I really was agreeing with Cardi B in the sense where it's like, I feel like a lot of places out here are not serious about making money. Like, they just close at the most randomest hours. Like, and they just don't care. They don't care about their workers. They don't care about the business. I worked at this one restaurant and even Waka came in. Waka Flocka, he came in and he was complaining to the bartender. We ain't have no host. So people wasn't getting greeted at the door. Then he was like, his food took too long and he's a celebrity. So it's like, like they just don't be caring. They just want money. I definitely agree. It's definitely about the money and, you know, the things that they're charging for, I feel like they are paying for the lifestyle. Like they want people to like upkeep their lifestyle as opposed to trying to upkeep their customers and make their customers happy. So Lee, thank you so much for calling in, sis. I'm going to go ahead and bring on some more people. It was good talking to you. No problem. Good night. Good night.
All right, let me go ahead and bring on um, Tay Tay. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, it's, hey, it's, it's Toy Toy. Oh, I thought it was, oh, that's that's my child name. I'm like, Tay Tay. Sorry, <laughs> Toy Toy. I'm thinking about his name. <laughs> so, what do you think about the Keith Lee situation, sis? Uh, oh, your phone's breaking up. Oh, I can hear every other word. Oh, um, I just want to thank you because when I was deployed in Afghanistan and Iraq, like watching your news channel and watching you was like one of the highlights, like when I wasn't on shift and on my downtime. So like you just have a really special place in my heart. Like I love you so much. <laughs> Love you too. Thank you so much. Um, with the Keith Lee situation, I think people, anybody can open a business. Anybody can open a business. Anybody can start a business. But a lot of people don't know how to run a business. And that's the issue that they have in Atlanta. <laughs> so many people are like, oh, why did he do this? Why did he do that? Um, I have to give credit to Candy for her response. Um, to the whole Keith Lee situation. I think she responded appropriately for a businesswoman. However, we've heard for years that old lady gang, Blaze, they have these issues and apparently they still haven't been fixed. So yes, it was a PR response, but she did respond appropriately. The other thing is when you run a business, not just in the food industry, but any type of business that's customer based, where you have a customer that's going to be purchasing something from you, the customer is always right. Customer service should be priority because at the end of the day, especially in Atlanta, because I have lived in Atlanta, I lived in Atlanta for three years, those celebrities, <laughs> yes, they're going to come out. And you know why they're going to come out? Because they know that you're going to comp them. They know that you're going to give them free stuff. They know that you're going to give them preferential treatment and they don't have to pay for anything and they can bring these large entourages of people with them, their homies that don't pay for nothing anyways to get free food as well. So caring more about celebrity clientele coming in to your restaurant for an aesthetic, for a look and not giving to crap. <laughs> I don't want to curse, sorry. About your paying customers is so weird to me. Like the paying customers is what's going to pay your bill because those celebrities are not reposting you. They're not giving you shout outs. You have to get on your Instagram page or post their picture up in the restaurant and hope and get the word of mouth out saying, hey, you know, Diddy came here or, you know, uh, Quavo came here. Uh, every All these celebrities came here, but they're not reposting you. They're just coming for free food. So you may i want to chime in you made a really good point and that's one thing i've noticed too um with certain celebrities they're really cheap like i think i think after a while it's like that ego kicks in where they just feel like everything should just be gifted to them like everything should just be free it's like this weird sense of entitlement like even when we were at one fest i can't tell you how many people were like were hitting me up like oh uh can you hook me up with tickets i heard you're gonna be doing media can i get a ticket to one fest and it's like bruh like you're rich just go on the website and go buy the ticket like it's, it's weird it's like this weird sense of entitlement it's like you want me who you know what i mean i i got invited so now i'm supposed to like find some type of hookup for you but you have the means to actually go and buy a ticket to just go to the show you know so it, it is weird i think and that's one thing too, like people who work with like customers and, and things like that who come into your establishment, you need to build a rapport 
with your customers, with the regular man and woman, because that's who's going to be coming to your establishment. And this goes for anything. If you're a if you're a restaurant owner, if you do hair, yes, you might have one or two celebrity clients, right? But are they going to come to you more than twice a month to come get their hair done? No. Usually it's a one-time thing. A lot of times they don't want to pay. Um, you might just be able to post their picture on Instagram and that's it. That's not what's going to pay your bills is a, a celebrity clientele. What's going to pay your bills is having real clientele, is having repeat customers coming over and over again. Like I tell people all the time, I don't really enjoy um, interviewing celebrities like that. They don't repost my stuff. Even if I bring them on here and interview them, they're not resharing my things. No, I want to build a, a base with my fans, with my subscribers, with my tea sippers. Those are the people who are going to support me. Those are the people who are going to come out to my events. It's not necessarily the celebrities. So we have to get that out of our mind that just standing next to somebody because of proximity to fame somehow helps your business. That's not always true. So I wanted to make that point real quick. Yes, you're absolutely, absolutely a thousand, a million percent right. And I hate that Keith Lee's message and his, um, what he's doing got lost because he has blessed so many struggling restaurants that don't have that um, celebrity clientele, notoriety, aren't on a reality show or anything like that, have a platform. And it, and it really struck me as weird as to why Milk and Honey and Old Lady Gang was reaching out to them, um, to him to come to their restaurant because those are not struggling restaurants. And you invited this man to come out here just to treat him like this. Like you knew regardless of what day or you thought he was coming, you knew he was in Atlanta this week and you have been emailing him, DMing him to come out to your restaurant. So why not be prepared? That's again, goes back to people just don't know how to operate right, and run a business. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. Well, Toy Toy, thank you so much for calling in. It was wonderful talking to you. And thank you for your service as well. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank I, you. Love I love you so much. much. All right. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Okay, let me go ahead and bring on Shanda. I don't even know. I don't think it's gonna let me. Hold on. Let me see. I don't think your device is connected. Or maybe it is. Oh. Okay. There it is. It finally popped up. Hey, Shanda. It's Shonda. Shonda. Okay, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Okay, I have my points written down. So here we go. First one is the unaliving threads are not necessary. They do not do those to the white tea people. They don't really do them to anybody else. So why? Why? There's no point. You just want to be an agent of chaos, basically. Two, owners can learn from this. They can learn that, hey, you have to treat people with a modicum of respect. It's about respect. It's not necessarily about ego or about, you know, celebrity. It's about respect. Three, treat others at least two times better than you treat yourself because how you treat yourself may not be how you, how others will want you to treat them. Okay. And then I got some little other ones. That I took notes on what everybody else has said. A lot of people... I choose to support. Everybody does food reviews. We reviewed um, coffee from Starbucks and nobody's getting death threats from that. I mean, getting um, unaliving threats from that. So, like, why are y'all trying to unalive this person? 
And also, this is a big shout out to the people that know how to create a system because it all sounds like just a system issue to me where they don't have the system to properly serve everybody and treat everybody well. So that was my point. Okay, you made some really good points with that list. And yeah, I like I said, I feel like he's getting so much more flack and people are more comfortable threatening him because he's another black man. I just yeah, don't yes. see them getting that upset if this was like a white influencer who was like, I just don't like the food. It's it just, just wasn't the, my cup of tea. The fact that he's getting threats, threats period, is, is really, really off-putting. Like, we're not in the streets. We're not in the gutter. We're not there. But you want to... That, like, discourages other people like you and me from getting out here and wanting to use our voice because we'll be afraid of not even cancel culture. We'll be afraid to even get unalived by somebody who's not well in the head. Correct. Well, thank you so much for calling in, sis. I'm going to go ahead. Love you, too. I'm going to go ahead and get to the next caller. You have a good night, okay? Thank you. All right, let me go ahead and bring on um, Maya. Hi, T. Or Can Mia. You yeah, oh, Mia. I be butchering names. I'm sorry, child. Mia. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I just wanted to say, so we talk on Instagram, but I'm the Mia that sent you the tiny violin. <laughs> Are you really? Oh, girl, yes. I got it right here. Okay. Thank you. Nice finally seeing you. Yeah, nice to finally talk to you. So um, I just wanted to say, um, I lived in Atlanta for uh, six years. And I worked for this company and a very famous rapper who started a restaurant reached out to um, my company to work for them um, to handle some of their business um, handlings as their broker. And oh my God. <laughs> so my CEO had to Google the person that he hired as um, their, their company manager. And this lady was all kinds of felons with mug shots and stuff like that. And, you know, my company was like very like, you know, high end, <laughs> you know, like they kind of had high end clientele and it just like hearing Keith Lee, you know, complaining about some of the stuff that happens at these restaurants in Atlanta. Like, I'm not surprised because they want to like, they want to hire, they, they cousins, baby mama, they want to hire, they, they hood auntie, like there's, they don't really um, have the business acumen, I think, to hire um, professionals, you know? So um, like to hire like a general manager, people that can help with, um, you know, they, they have experience in customer service. This is why, like, I know people kind of like look down on this degree, but this is why like they have, they teach hospitality in college. Like that's an actual major, you know, it's, um, it's there for a reason. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much just all I wanted to say. Oh, and another thing, like, especially in Atlanta, when it comes to hiring waitresses, they look for these girls that look like strippers. And no offense to the strippers, okay, you know, shout out to the strippers. Let's like, talk about it, let's keep yeah. it real. Yeah, but that's um, that's the thing that they look for the most when it comes to hiring, hiring wait staff. And a lot of these girls are rude, like <laughs> they have terrible attitudes, they're so mean, they're so nasty, and they're only like polite if you're famous, you know? So I know like the, the owners of the restaurants get a lot of flack for, you know, showing preferential treatment to like these celebrities. But when the waitresses do it too, you know, that's, it's more <laughs> annoying to me because you're treating me like trash, but you're treating, you know, this celebrity like gold. 
So yeah, you know, and they, they're trying to pick women to hire that they want to sleep with, you know, let's just keep it real. So, and, and it's not, there's no care for customer service. Like, how do you run a business like that? And then they want to like act like they have these nine to five jobs. That's not what the restaurant industry is. Cardi was absolutely right when she was talking about these weird hours. You, you, you only open four to five days a week at these weird hours. Like they don't, they don't want to um, operate like normal restaurants, you know, it's all about lifestyle. It's all about convenience and the, the customer isn't put first. So yeah, that's I all definitely I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you and what you're saying. And I think part of that too is I think we live in a day and age where everybody wants to see themselves as a boss, as a CEO, you know, everybody wants to feel like they own something, like they're running something and they don't really have a passion. So let me just, you know, just because I don't want to act like I'm working a nine to five. I'm the owner of, you know, such and such restaurant. But, you know, I'm not really into it. So I'm only going to have it open three days a week. And if you want DoorDash, you know, we'll have our business on there. But we really don't do DoorDash. You really can't call in orders because I got better things to do. I'm really only here so that way when I get around celebrities and I get around these bourgeoisie, these bourgeoisie circles, I can say, oh, I'm the owner of such and such restaurant. And I think that's where some of that is. Because like you said, even like the wait staff, when you go in, of course you want, you know, the pretty girl making your drinks and bringing you your food. But it's like, I've been to certain restaurants, even up here, and it's not just an Atlanta thing. Even up here, we'll go to lounges and everybody's wearing fishnets and, you know, booty shorts and, you know, nipple pasties. And it's just like, damn, we just came for a salad. Like, th is this the strip club or a family restaurant, you know? And it can be awkward if you're going in there with your kids and it, all you see is ass and tits. <laughs> like, we didn't sign up for all this, but okay. And again, that's just part of that sexuality being pushed in every facet of society, even in the restaurant business. It's like everybody's like really scantily clad. When we were growing up, a lot of that gear was for like the strip club or Hooters. Like you knew if you were going to Hooters, you'd have the Hooters girls in their tight shirts and their, you know, super short shorts. But now you literally can go to a mom and pop restaurant and the girls are walking around in booty shorts, fishnets, six inch heels. And it's like, this is not a strip club. I literally came for a veggie burger. What gives? <laughs> <laughs> No, and you know what? And when they hire these these girls like that, because a lot of these like um, these exotic dance waitress people, you know, they're trying to build up their um, Instagram following too. Like that's a really big thing in Atlanta. Everyone, everyone, everyone wants to be famous, and because they have this attitude of, well, I work at this like you know high end restaurant, and all these famous people go here. Now I'm better than you, you know. And there's one place I went to; they were so rude. I thought it was a prank. I seriously, because there was like this thing that went viral about a restaurant where they're like rude to you on purpose, but it's like a joke. I thought that I was there because I had just moved to Atlanta at the time. Like that's how rude these people are. And another thing that's also common, sometimes, um, now, sometimes they'll like chase you down if they don't like your tip. So like one lounge I went to, I like to tip in cash because this way, you know, I'm trying to, you know, hook, hook them up. You This way you don't have to report it, <laughs> you know, to the IRS. When you write the tip in um, on the, the receipt, then they have to, you know, that, that gets reported to the IRS. So I prefer to tip in cash. And, you know, one lady didn't realize that I was, um, I was still sitting there. I was going to leave her the tip. And this lady was about to curse me out <laughs> until she saw the cash on the table. So that's just something that's really annoying. Um, I'm, I'm glad the Atlanta restaurants are getting called out and down with them. <laughs>
Bye, team. I agree. I agree. And I'm glad they're getting called out, too. So once again, Mia, thank you, beautiful Mia, for calling in. And thank you for the gift. This is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I love you this tiny them. violin. You know, I have to go back to UPS and go off on them because you sent it months ago. Yes. And I was up there because Emily sent me a gift card for my birthday. So I'm up there trying to get my little, you know, gift card from Emily. And so he ends up giving me this box. I'm like, well, I don't, why is it in a box? I'm like, a gift card can't be that big. And it was your gift. And I'm like, okay, I'm mad that y'all have had this since March. So yes. I had to check them real quick. I don't play by my TC. <laughs> I'm glad you finally got it. Thank you. You have a good night. Thank you so much for calling in, sis. You too. Good night. Bye. Okay, y'all, we've been on here for almost two hours. I'm going to take one more call and then finish reading the super chats. I know it's late. It's 9 o'clock. It's past 9. Um, let me see. Any guys on here? No. <laughs> okay. So let me go ahead and bring on uh, Lady Lyrical 504. Hey, T, you me? I can. How are you, sis? What's up, hon? Well, I just here to say that. Oh, hold on. Your phone is your phone is breaking up a bit. Okay. Let me go down a little bit. Can you hear me now? A little bit. It's kind of breaking up. All right. But no. Uh-uh. Oh, you were in, you're in Louisiana, right? I'm in New Orleans. New Orleans has the worst service. Mr. Gibson, one, and I'm in love to me better now. No, no, I oh, might have to catch the next one. You can't hear me good. Yeah, it's like going in and out. All right, sis, thank you. Okay. Bye. Yeah, it was going in and out really, really bad. I love her accent. Y'all know I love the New Orleans accents, honey. Um, so let me go ahead and bring on uh, Sister T. Oh my God. Hi, lovely T. It's amazing to speak to you. I'm one of your day ones, but one of your quiet day ones. Thank you so much. So what do you think about the whole situation with Keith Lee? I think one of the main things is that he, the food is subjective. What he thought about the food, how it tasted and all that, that's subjective. That's between you and I and him. But the services stuff is what everyone needs to pay attention to. He highlighted a lot of things with regards to how these restaurants are carrying on and they're getting away with murder. To not have takeout, to not like sit people when they walk in, to have preferential treatment, that's the stuff that people need to highlight and that's the stuff that the business owners need to pay attention to because that's your make or break. But everyone's talking about, oh, the food, what he said and stuff like that, but they really need to think about the service and literally I think it's a thing where it's a tourist thing because in Toronto here, we, the service is standard across the board. You live and die by a Google um, review, essentially. And if your Google review goes down, your restaurant suffers. But I get it when you're in a tourist environment, people come in and out of town, it's hit or miss, people don't really care. So what he said was really key. And that's what the business owners need to pay attention to. No, you're so right about that because I know I had issues in Atlanta one time. Um, I wanted like some Cuban food and, you know, me and the person at the counter, we're just talking and, you know, he's asking where I'm from, like I'm up here from Minnesota. So he knows I'm not in town, you know, I don't live there. And it's like, you know, just like basic things that you should have. 
I go, I finally get my food, I get back to the hotel, there's no silverware. There were no plastic forks, no napkins, you know, so it's like, you're right. Everybody's focusing on the food, you know, and the dry biscuits and, you know, the cold gravy and whatever else. But it's like, it's really about the customer service. It's really about listening to people. When you're getting to know people, when you're having a conversation with somebody, certain bells should ring like, oh, this person is from out of town. So most likely they're not just taking this food back to some home. They're probably going back to a hotel. Let me make sure that the, you know, the silverware is in there, the napkins, you know, extra things that they can use as salt and pepper because they're out of town they're visiting so you're very very right about that that it should be more about the customer service and how people are getting treated and one of the reasons why it should ring true to the business owners as well it's just like what cardi b said she's from new york she's from she's used to a different kind of service so this is a way that you can elevate yourself especially with people coming in people are used to a different kind of service the people are using used to things like takeout that's something that should be compulsory for anyone. I get it that your kitchen is backed up, but that's where you put all that money you're getting from all these tourist people coming in now, put that into your business and actually grow the business. Like for me, that's like bar none. If you're a business owner, you're not just doing it to get a quick buck or to make a cash grab. I mean, I understand we're coming out of C19, that funky thing. It shut a lot of people down. A lot of restaurants didn't survive. And now we're back. We're thriving. This is a time for people to actually grow their business. And if we do go into something like that again, it's your home audience that's going to support you. And if they're used to this crappy service, it's hit or miss, or you know what? These businesses are catering to people who won't necessarily show up more than once or twice a year because they came to visit. That doesn't make it, especially as an owner. No, I definitely agree. You made some really good points, sis. It was good talking to you. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Thank bye. You. Bye. Okay, I'm going to take one more call. I know people are saying that they're out in the, I guess, the hallway. There's a bunch of calls on the line. So right now it's only giving me access to like 12 of them. So it might have you like in the studio. So I'm sorry if it's not bringing you in, but there's a lot of people on the line. Um, the real can't be, I don't know what the rest of your name is. Oh, can't be threatened. There it goes. It popped up. Okay. Can you hear me just fine? I can hear you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. How are you? Good. Um, so <clears throat> I'll start with this and I'll try to make it quick because I know you're trying to wrap it up. But so I'm from Atlanta. I was born in College Park. First job was at Lenox Mall back before it became what it is now. But being from here, I can honestly say that like, Keith Lee, what he exposed was, I feel like, a microcosm of a larger, you know, the Atlanta culture. Like you asked earlier, you asked somebody else, do I feel like Atlanta culture has changed? And I would say 100%. I think to a degree that elitism has always been there, like the other college said. But then to another degree, it's like, one thing I used to really love about Atlanta was, yes, yeah, really Black, but it was like every kind of Black. Like you could be you know, trap, whatever hood as hell, but you could also be like a goth black person into rock and roll, like whatever kind of black you were, you were welcome here. But now I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the celebrity culture has really taken over and we drank too much of our own Kool-Aid to the point where like everything is trap this, trap that is celebrity. Like we used to have more than just trap. We used to be like, yeah, we had like TI and stuff, but when you think about like Andre 3000, he was kind of like eclectic weirdo wearing dresses, perming his hair. Somebody else brought up CeeLo Green. 
all the people from the dungeon family, when you see them people hanging out, that's what you used to see like on the block in Atlanta, like some weirdo folks with some hood looking folks, all of those people were together in a way that I feel like that was what made Atlanta unique and creative and creatively black. Not just like, you know, anybody, I mean, there's plenty of black cities. There's Mobile, Alabama, hell, but that's not Atlanta. And I feel like the thing that made us unique was our like appreciation for one another in the most most authentic ways, not just like being super celebrity oriented. So I think like what Keith Lee did was important because the conversation needed to be had. Those of us that have been here, that are from here, we've seen the change in a way that like, yeah, we just, we're not treated well by our own people. And I automatically know when I go into an establishment, and this is so sad to admit out loud, but like when I go into an establishment, here in Atlanta, and I see everybody there working is black, like I automatically have to have a defensive sort of outlook because I, I know I might not get the right treatment. And it's, yeah, I, I think what he did was on point. It was respectful. Like somebody else said, it can't all be great. And the way we responded was so telling of the direction that the whole Atlanta culture has taken. Because if you do drive through you see, like, what, trap donut, trap wings, trap. It's like, damn, that's all we Yeah, <laughs> like, everything is trap. Like, it's trap in front of the restaurants. Like, the name, like, everything is it. So it's almost so immersed in hip-hop culture. And, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's almost an overkill in Atlanta. And because Atlanta is far more than that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it has a beautiful art scene. You guys have the black historic colleges down there. It's so much to Atlanta. You know, MLK, like, you know, the whole MLK Center and all that stuff. But, yeah, everything is, like, so immersed in celebrity culture and hip-hop now. Yeah, I, I, agree. I agree. I think that's the thing that's... That's, that kind of hurts as a person that's from here is that we got lost in the sauce. That's really what happened is that we got lost in the sauce. Like people started moving down here. We were so-called Wakanda, <laughs> whatever, TI thinking for that. But like, because of that, we, we really, um, yeah, just drank too much of the trap Kool-Aid. We feel like we have nothing else to offer, I feel like. And people that come here, we're so immersed in, um, you know, the, the flexing culture that we forgot like to stay true to what makes us unique as a black mecca and that's yeah that's my last point wow i'm glad you were able to get in like you made such really good points and you're right like i remember going to atlanta shoe like my first time down there was probably like probably 15 years ago but i remember even as a kid like growing up here in the Midwest, that was one of the cities I always wanted to live in because Atlanta just equated black excellence. It was so much good music coming out of Atlanta. I remember even being young and remember that the song, Hey Little Mama, Why You Dressed So Funky by the Pound Puppies? They were from Atlanta. And I remember just seeing that video and we all wanted to move to Atlanta and be, you know, singers like these little kids. And then you had crisscross, like Atlanta um definitely paved the way for a lot of stuff and i think part of it is yes atlanta has changed but i also feel like social media has exacerbated that and you know has made it where now everyone thinks that they're bigger than what they are and so the treatment has gone down there's like this divisiveness of the haves and the have-nots the people who are popular who are not and it's like that in a lot of major cities even like in LA you know I've been in situations where you know I'm going in line I'm going to an event and you know nobody knows who I am so they don't care 
But then they'll start to find out like, oh, that's such and such. So the same person who would even make eye contact with you when they thought you were a quote unquote nobody, now all of a sudden they realize that you have a following and you can just see like their eyes light up. And that always used to scare me in LA because it comes off to me as so disingenuous. Don't make your eyes light up once you feel like I'm somebody quote unquote or I have a following. Your eyes should light up regardless because I'm a human being. You know, and I think that's what we lost in all this, where we don't even treat each other like people anymore. It's all based on your followers, your status, what you do, how much you make. And that's like the saddest part. So I think Atlanta and this whole situation is, is a microcosm to what's going on in society in general. So the real can't be threatened. I really appreciate you calling in and just making these wonderful points, sis. Thank you so Thank much you so for much having me, and I love your platform. I've been watching you. I know I'm going to sound like everybody else, but I have been watching you for, like, close to 15 years or something like that. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. And everybody have a good night. Thank you so much. That is amazing. So, you guys, this has been such, like, um, such an amazing call-in show and stream. I will try and do more of these. I'm sorry I couldn't get to everybody, but it's getting late. It's almost 930. I know you have some of y'all got to get up and go to work, put the babies to bed. I'm going to read these last few super chats and then I'll get up out of here. Um, Voodoo Doll sent $20, says support. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, Tanelia sent $4.99, says I caught a live tea. Love you. Thank you for keeping me in the know. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, Nucci sent a dollar. Thank you, Nucci. I appreciate you. Um, let's see here. K Ben sent 199 says I'm from NY and we do it down here as well. So thank you for confirming that that also happens in NYC as well. So thank you. Um, Mika Torres sent 499 says it's crazy how restaurants think celebrity money is better than the average loyal regular customer money. I definitely agree with that. Thank you so much. Uh, Dara sent five says, hey T, thank you for all you do. I've been a long time tea sipper and recently my brother became one too. That is awesome. Shout out to your brother for becoming a tea sipper. We love when we turn the guys into tea sippers. So shout out to him and thank you for the super chat, sis. Um, Rock and Roll Diane sent five says, New Yorker here and the service is usually good except for at Jamaican restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> not the Jamaican restaurants being put on blast. Thank you so much for the super chat, sis. Um, let's see here. Sab says, social media really has people gangbanging over some dry biscuits. I definitely agree. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, Beauty3 says, what about Guy Ferrari? He does that for a living. Exactly. That's what I was saying. I did not agree with people sending him threats because, again, you have a lot of uh, white people on Food Network who do the same thing and they don't get threatened for their opinion. So thank you for the super chat. Uh, Charmin K sent $9.99 says, listening to T with football playing in the background is something I didn't know I needed. <laughs> thank you for the super chat. I appreciate you. Um, Edo Mai? I'm sorry if I butchered your name. I really apologize. Um, they sent a 1999 super sticker. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, Miss Pinky84 sent $5. Thank you. Uh, Sabs sent $2. Said get the likes up. Um, yes, please. 
If you guys had a fun time during the stream, please hit the like button. It's free. I appreciate y'all. Um, Cookie says, Atlanta is called the Southern Hollywood because everyone wants to be important here, which creates an environment where no one is important. It is horrible. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, it's going on like that in all the major cities, you know, where everybody wants clout, everybody wants to be an influencer, you know, social media person, a socialite, um, because again, they get perks, they get benefits from that. So, um, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, Gracie Ella Torres sent a dollar 99 says great Colin T it's fire. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed this show. I appreciate you. Um, getting lucky in Kentucky says, and that's exactly why you have longevity. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. Maya Love sent $10. Says, hey, Tia, has some really good points, but I got kicked out. Uh, but thank you for the platform to talk. I'm sorry you got kicked out, Maya. Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate you. Um, SJG Goodbrook sent five. Says, waiting in the lobby to give my opinion. Uh, Sharon... Thank you, Sharon. I'm sorry that you weren't able to get in. It's a lot of people on the on the line, but we'll definitely do more call-in shows. So hope you'll be able to get into the next one. So thank you for coming through. Um, Miss Asibian, Asidian Reloaded, Sim 499 says, pretty soon they'll be charging a fee for tables, bars, and booth seating. Yes, there's literally a fee for everything nowadays. It's ridiculous. Am I frozen? I think I'm frozen. Okay. That is the end of the show. Of course, I'm frozen, which is nice. It's always something. So thank you guys.